If you have your Bibles with you today, I want you to turn with me to some very familiar verses of Scripture. Chapter 3 of the Gospel of John, beginning at verse 1. We'll be reading about 17 verses there, a little longer reading today, but it takes it to get the gist of what Jesus wants us to hear today, I believe. So find your place in God's Word, John 3, 1 through 17, and please stand for the reading of God's Word. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeneth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, nor whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have, that we have seen, and yet receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man, no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May God bless that precious promise. Would you bow with us once again in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for these special words that we can read, that we can look through the windows of your word and look at the hope that you have laid up for all who have put their trust in you. Lord, we thank you for that promise, and we ask you now as we gather ourselves to worship today that if there's someone here that hasn't come to that time of life when they said yes to your love, that maybe today would be the day they would hear you say that you want to save them too. Guide us now, Lord, and hide us behind the cross that we might be not seen but heard through your voice. In your precious name we pray, amen. May be seated. As usual, I had entitled the message this morning, Jesus. Not surprising, is it, that we'd call the message of hope, Jesus. And as I think about this, this story that I've read to you, the story of Nicodemus, a person who had some inkling of, a, of the, the wonders of Jesus and had seen miracles that he had done and realized he was more than just a regular man, but special. And so as we see the story unfold, we're going to see that he finds out by night, just what Jesus is all about. I like to think about being born again. 
I like to think about that saved by grace, that redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that joy that we have in our hearts because we've been saved by His grace and how that our spiritual birthday brings about salvation for the soul. You know, I think about my, uh, my salvation that came back in 1956 uh, and if I would count up my spiritual birth up till now, I'm just 59 years old and you thought I was 74. But I'm just 59 and I'm still counting. So I'm still a prime young man and still in the prime of life and don't anybody say a word you don't look at. I heard that thought. But I want to tell you that I joy in knowing Jesus. And as we look at this story, I see something in it, a one-word part of that passage that blesses my heart so much. And that one word or those words in it is certainly great for when it says, for God so loved the world part. That's the grand total of what God is all about. But what I love to read about, what I love to see is that one word in verse 15 that says, whosoever. And I realize that includes me and it includes you, that whosoever uh, will call upon him, will submit ourselves to him, that we know that we can and will be saved. And if you're a child of God, you surely can't hold back an amen on that. Amen. I got that one. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Period. Exclamation point. Dramatically came that the world could be saved. Jesus loves everybody. He loves the lost. He loves the saved. He wants the lost to be saved. And with that overwhelming love that he has for us, we can see in this story that he has a hope that things will turn around if we don't know him, if we're not a Christian, and that we'll come to find him as Savior and Lord of our lives. And as I look at this story, it just says so much about God's desire through Jesus to rescue the perishing. I love that song, Care for the Dying. And uh, as we look at that, the song that puts it even beside that is only trust him. We only need to put our total trust in Jesus to find salvation for our soul. And uh, I, I just love to read that. I just love to see. And in our reading, Nicodemus was a fairly smart fellow. He was a person who was a ruler in the Jewish kingdom. He was a person who was a Pharisee. He was a person who was a part or a member of the Sanhedrin. He had the clout. I mean, he was a man that was important and looked up to in the city and among his fellow Jewish people. And as we think about that, we realize that Nicodemus had a little bit of a problem. You see, Jesus had some followers. He had some people who knew and loved him. But he had a lot, he had the friend and he had the foes. And we see that Nicodemus was amongst many foes as he would consider Jesus. And by saying that he came to Jesus by night, it seems like that he wanted to find out more about Jesus, but he didn't want to let the world know that he wanted to find out more about Jesus. And you know, sometimes I believe that that points to our lives when we are probably not bold enough in the spirit as we ought to be. I believe that God is looking for the boldness that we can have amongst a world that is uglied with sin, and if the boldness of our spirit would be counteracted with God's power, then we could make a difference in a lot of lives that maybe we're not as yet. As we look at the story, we see that Nicodemus did come to Jesus, wanted to find out about him, wanted to find out what was so wonderful about this man Jesus. I don't know when Nicodemus' heart began to mellow, 
But I do know he stayed long enough with Jesus in a conversation that it did touch his heart. And you'll see as his life unfolds on through the scriptures that yes, indeed, he had a heart-changing experience and I believe he found Jesus Christ the Savior and Lord of his life, though in this immediate story, it doesn't say that. But as we talked about in Sunday school class, by the fruits you shall know them. We know Nicodemus's heart by the fruit that was shed or spread or given later on in his life. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> Jesus that day was working on the book of life. Jesus today has the book of life ready to enter another name. And that is whosoever. That is you if you're not a Christian. That is all of us who would say yes to a love that won't turn us loose. And Nicodemus must have had a little bit of fear because he went by night. He didn't really, wasn't really bold as he should have been, I guess. But anyhow, he did have one thing that was necessary and that was to seek a knowledge about Jesus. One of the things that is so important in our lives and that is to learn more about Jesus, saved or lost. One of the things that I believe that is so necessary that is we need to get in the Word of God. I spoke this morning in a Sunday school class again about, you know, we're not going to know the will of God if we don't know the Word of God. And we need to get inside the Word, open the windows and look through. And I just love to have, I wish I was an artist. Where are you at, Linda? You could draw this. I want to see Nicodemus and Jesus standing side face to face. I want to see an expression on Nicodemus's face. Really? I want to see an expression of love on Jesus' face. Nicodemus, don't you understand? And he, is, he has such a humble spirit about him, I believe that an artist could bring that out. And I wished I could. But as we picture them standing there together, Nicodemus said, Jesus, I know that you're a man sent from God. I know that because no man could do the things that you have done except he be sent from God. And I want to ask you, Jesus, knowing that you are something special and I don't know how special, but you speak about being born again. Can I be born again? Jesus said you must if you want to go to heaven. And the understanding was still in the, the rims of the physical sense and Nicodemus said, you're kidding me. I can't enter into my mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus was so stumbled at the fact that this man, full of earthly knowledge, was not comprehending the spiritual aspects of what his life needed to be. And as we look at the story, it seems like that Nicodemus was probably saddened a little bit because, hey, if that's the case, Jesus, I can't make it. But that's not the case in the physical sense. He that is born of the Spirit is, is of the Spirit, and he born of the flesh is flesh. Marvel not at us saying to you, you must be born again, Jesus said. But Peter spoke up in 2 Peter, the third chapter and the ninth verse. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That speaks of whosoever. That speaks of the person that wants to be saved, and Jesus wants to save him. I hear the echoes from heaven today. Do you know about God or do you know him? You see, there's a vast difference 
We, we really un, need to understand that just knowing, you know, the devil himself knows that there's a God in heaven. He knows about the almighty powers of heaven that can fall and will upon him in a day of ending. He believes in God. But he'd rather, you know, the devil's not trying to get you not to believe in God because we know he knows and that God is. But what the devil wants to do in you and I is get us to the point that we don't feel too serious about it. You know, we need to procrastinate or put off the things of God. Don't get in a hurry. Don't be too forward about the knowledge of God that maybe you already have. Have a little bit of fun before life comes to an end. I remember the song. If you're not saved, you'll be lost in the night when the pale horse and his rider goes by. You're all not old enough to hear that. Remember that song. Don't remember that? Well, I'm old enough to remember that song. But anyway, we look at the question, and it comes to us as a question, are you? But it also could be as a statement, I am. So I asked you that. Are you a child of God? Are you where God wants you to be as a child of God? I am where God wants me to be. I am desiring to do more for God. I am available. You know, one of the things that I believe that we need to be, and, and that is available to God. Be that pliable person in God's hands that he might be able to form, to shape, and to put us, and to make us where we need to be that we might do what we need to do. And you know, before God can do something through you, he may have to do something to you. But we need to allow that. You see, God's blessings is not an automatic reflex that a loving God has and wants and desires so much to touch your life every moment of it. But I believe the hinging of the blessings of God lies in the hands of God's people. And we need to be a person that expectant, seeking, desiring God's love to flow and to fall upon us. God has a basket full of blessings to touch your life with. But we must ask God to help us. Nicodemus said, Jesus... I don't understand. I really don't understand. Listen to the words of Jesus as he asked the question, Nicodemus, I still say to you, you must be born of the Spirit. And if you have been born of the Spirit, God will see your life as it is and touch your life as it needs to be and it'll cause decisions to be made even today. You know, God's very dramatic in a lot of lives. I, I like to read in the Bible how people, you know, there was Moses. And, and in our reading today, it's in, it spoke of, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know the story, don't you? There in the book of, uh, of Exodus where Moses was called by God to be dramatic in his hands, to be in the leadership mode, to lead the children of Israel out of the bondages of Egypt. And Moses was going to encounter God in a very special way. Never again did this particular incident happen to anybody except reserved for Moses himself as he stood one day and watched a bush burn but not consumed. And I believe, though it may not be a physical sense or scene of a burning bush, God will dramatically give you a sign of wonder that he needs to show you and to call your attention to. And it called Moses' attention to the burning bush. And then the incident as it spoke of in our reading today in John 3, and by the way, 
If John 3 is not the grandest chapter in the Bible, I don't know what else would be. It really is. I just love to read it. I just love to try to comprehend all that Jesus wanted to say, and he probably said more but didn't get recorded. But the love of God was so rampant. And as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, you know that story? How that there the children of Israel were on their, on their travels. People were getting sick. And God told Moses to put a serpent on a stick. Put it up amongst the crowd. And if someone got sick, then they looked up at the serpent and they were healed. Has that got something to do with salvation? It surely does. It surely does. Because as we realize in our own lives that just as Moses lifted up, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness that they could look up to healing, God lifted up his son and on the cross he gave his life that we could have healing of the soul, salvation in our lives. And But we must look up. We must look at the cross. And without looking at the cross and realizing the magnitude of what God did on the cross, we find ourselves lacking and not having the attention that God wants us to have. The hope of every person that was ever born is a choice that they can make and a salvation that they can have. I remember in revivals, you all, now I know you're all old enough for this, revivals on, we always would sing, at least every other night, why not tonight? You remember that song? Oh, why not tonight? You talk about a convicting song, and we had, as we still do today, very anointed song leaders that would sing a song that would just reach out and peck on your heart's door and ask you the question very personally, why not tonight? Why not tonight? So why not today? Why don't we today make that decision that God wants you to make, and I, that we would ask him to lead us You know, I hear the question. I can't come to Jesus. My life is not worthy to even speak his name. And how right that is. You're not wrong. You're right. But the unworthiness can be overcome by the powers of God through the love of Jesus. And we can see that even in our unworthiness that we need to come to him. The, we the welcome mat is laid out at your door. Would you just let him in? You know, as we look at the cross, we spoke about there where Jesus died and gave his life. And you've heard me say, but the cross, C-R-O-S, is Christ redeeming our sinful soul. That's what Jesus did. That's what the cross is all about. That's what Jesus wanted Nicodemus to understand. Did he understand? Did he accept Jesus that night? I'm not sure, but he had a convicted heart that would soon find Jesus, I believe, as Savior of his life. Run ahead in the story of Nicodemus a little bit if you want. Even go to the cross and see Jesus on the cross crying out in agony and giving his life that everybody, even Nicodemus, could have hope beyond the walls of this world. And as we hear the cries of Jesus, and especially when he said, it is finished, and he didn't say, I'm through. He said, it's just beginning. The earthly part of his mission was finished, but the heavenly part was just beginning. Yes, Joseph of Arimathea, he came and begged for the body of Jesus that he might anoint him for the burying and to bury him. But it wasn't just Joseph of Arimathea. It was also, yes, you guessed it, Nicodemus. This man who had slipped 
out in the night to find about Jesus. This man who was afraid of his fellow man and afraid of what somebody might say if he showed a little bit of liking toward the Savior of the world. Does that sound familiar? Now, now Nicodemus stepped out in a crowd that was so hostile and so wanting to kill Jesus and had. Wasn't ashamed anymore. He wasn't ashamed of Jesus. He risked his life to take the body of our Savior down off of the cross and take him to a decent burial. That's the one that Jesus touched that day. That's what Jesus wants to do today. He wants you to find salvation. As we look at that story over in John 19, you might want to look at it. It tells about how that Nicodemus was a part of that. So what about your life? What about my life? What do I need to do today that maybe tomorrow won't afford me the opportunity to do? I believe there are things that we all could do. I believe there's things that we ought to say, places we ought to go and people we ought to tell about the love because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God for my salvation. Praise God for a love that will hold me on into eternity. And one day after a while, when this life is ended, I'm going home. What a promise. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you this morning if you have that hope in your hearts. But if by chance you don't, don't leave lost today. But ask Jesus to come into your heart. He so desires to enter your name in the book of life. Would you bow with us in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you this morning for that promise that we can read, that promise that we can hold in our hearts, that love that we can know that you'll be there with us at every turn we take. But most of all, Lord, we know that that love that you brought forth at Calvary, that you shed your blood, shed, brought your life to an end earthly, that we might have an earthly ending and also a new beginning as an eternal heavenly home. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't have that hope in their hearts, that, Lord, you would touch their tender hearts to know that you love them too. Thank you, Lord, for your promises you make and those times that we can claim your love and walk close to you. Guide us now, Lord, in this invitation time. May we do as you'd have us do. In your precious name we pray. Amen.